so honored to have you here. If you are not a church person, don't worry about that. A lot of us, um, a lot of us are where you are, and and you are so welcome here. Just make yourself at home. Um, I'm going to try to explain some of the stuff that you've seen going on here and some of the excitement, if that doesn't tune it in for you. But first, I want to ask you a question. What do you, what do you want? I mean, what, what do you really want? If you're anything like I am, and I know I am, um, then you want what everybody wants. You want to live an epic life. You want to live a life less ordinary, an extraordinary life, a life so amazing that, that when people see your life, they, they just stand there speechless with their mouths hanging open. That's what you want. Do you want to know why you and I want that? Because I believe that you and I were created to want to live an epic life. An epic life. But for, and, and so let me, let me not get ahead. Uh, we are kicking off today a series which is going to be five Sundays long uh, called Epic Life. And in it, over the next several weeks up until the first week in October, we're going to be looking at elements of that epic life. Next week, epic friendships. Then epic fearlessness. Then epic love life. That one's going to be fun. And, and epic purpose. And so we've got a lot planned for you over the next five weeks. But before we go into that today, it's just going to kind of be an overview of of finding epic. But before we move on, I want to make sure that uh, we answer a couple of questions to make sure we're all on the same page about what epic is and what epic is not. So basically, what is epic? Epic is awesome on steroids. Epic is awesome on steroids. Tom, can you use it in a sentence? Sure. Have you noticed that Tom has an epic six-pack? That would be an excellent use of the word epic. Where does the word epic come from? Uh, Well, the ancient Greeks used that to describe an epic story, an epic poem. And an epic story, an epic poem is about a person, a someone of character and courage and strength and dignity and somebody who lived beyond themselves and, and had a glorious and inspiring purpose that was larger than themselves, right? And you and I, so, so many years later, are still drawn to the epic characters, the epic heroes and heroines in movies, aren't we? I mean, Katniss Everdeen in in The Hunger Games and Maximus in The Gladiator. Any guys? Yes! William Wallace in Braveheart! Freedom, right? We're drawn to that. We're drawn to that. Hermione Granger and Harry Potter in, I can't remember the name of the movie, but you get the idea. You get the idea. And how does this desire for epic fit into your life? How does this desire for epic fit into the story of your life? And can your life story ever be as epic as you long and yearn for it to be? Well, those are pretty deep questions, and they're ones that we're going to be kicking the tires up over the next several weeks, so I hope that you'll join us, because it's very practical. Uh, I do have a live event question for you, so if you uh, have just booted up that, uh, that live event, here it is. 
you can answer this at home if you don't have that. But the question is this, how have you experienced Epic? Now, just type that in. All your answers are anonymous. And when we do this at Bethany, um, we have three 18-foot HD screens that connect and we project the the answers and we go through them. But uh, we can't do that here, so I'm just going to get it on my laptop. So um, just let me know how... Oh, yeah, okay. Let's do this. Uh, Finding Epic. We're all using the internet right now. You know that? Okay. Well, this is not going to work. Well, what do you, when have you experienced Epic? When have you experienced Epic? Having a baby. So who's Sky Doe? Who is Sky Doe? Shelby, Shelby, way to go, girl. What you got? Skydiving too? That's, that sounds pretty epic. Anybody else? What you got? Climbing a mountain. Yeah, yeah. Who is wrestling what? Alligator wrestling. Brenda, did you have your hand up? No, no. What you got? What you got, Hoyt? Deep sea diving. I always had you pegged for a deep sea diver. Put her there, bud. Yeah. So we've got a lot of different things. We got a lot of different things that we would describe as epic. For our purposes, I would say um, that wouldn't you say that a lot more people are searching for epic than actually living it? Sure, sure, a ton more, a ton more. And I would submit to you that the reason is we may be looking for it in the wrong places. We may be looking for it in the wrong places and we may be defining it in a way that's not quite accurate. You see, uh, a lot of the things that we would describe as epic, a lot of what the world would tell us is epic is an event, an event or an external experience. Like um, it could be anything that's, that's really exciting. And those are all good things. Those are all good things, but for our purposes, I would like us to push our definition just a little further because you see, if those things which are so exciting and so cool and and many of them are ways that God shows us how grand he is and they excite our hearts as good as they are, if they could lead us to epic, then epic would be epidemic. And it's not, it's rare. It's as rare as rare can be. And, and one of those limitations of those good things is this. They end. They end. You have to come down from the mountain or you have to come up out of the water. The keg runs dry. Uh, the closing time comes. That guy, that girl walks away. The party ends And they repaint the streets and the light poles to the way they were. And that's not bad. It's just not enough. It's not enough. They end. And I want to submit to you that Epic doesn't have a period at the end of it. Epic needs to have a comma. Epic needs to go on and on and on. And the thing that we're left with, with these exciting experiences, these external experiences and events, is the need to recreate them again and again and again, preferably with very little time in between. Because when we come down, we're left with the epic realization that our lives, the baseline of our lives is not very epic inside. 
And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. And it's not a comfortable reality to face. But once we're there, we can go to some very exciting places. So that's what we're talking about. Given that, here's a crazy thing. Here is a crazy thing that I would never, I I can never understand except I I do it too. Um, Some of you who are Western students, I'm glad to see some familiar faces and unfamiliar faces. Um, We'll spend the next year or maybe four years or if you're slacker, uh, maybe six or eight years, right? Or if you're an older person like me, you might spend a lifetime seeking epic by these events or external experiences that everybody else has already done and not found lasting, not found epic. But somehow we think that it's going to be different for us. Now, um, if you don't have a lot of years under your belt, look at people like us. What do older people do? We, we define it this way. We have bucket lists. Bucket lists. Things that for our life to really be what it should be. We have to go to these places. We have to have these events or external experiences, right? You know what bucket list is? It's trying to find epic. Yeah, it is. It is. Oh, she's fine, Clay. You know, no sharp objects around me. See, that's the beauty of it. So what do we do? I would suggest that we take a look at someone who did live an epic life. His name is David, and he lived his epic life 3,000 years ago. 3,000 years ago. In fact, his life was so epic that um, we now name our sons David. And David had a father, Jesse, who had eight sons. I don't know if he was trying to field a family baseball team or what, or when he went to his wife after that eighth son, he had that look in his eyes. She's like, no way. Get away from me. What do you think we are? The Duggars? No. Well, he was the eighth, right? And you know what life was like with him having seven older brothers. Even if each one only took a day to be hard on him, his life was full of noogies, wedgies, and beatdowns. Like every day, that's him. And in fact, David had to do the job that none of his brothers um, wanted to do. They wanted to do more exciting things. So he got to watch the sheep in the field. Watch the sheep in the field. And that's not exciting. And you know, he didn't get a lot from his parents because any, we got any Catholic friends out there? Yeah, yeah, don't, don't be shy. Because like, like, that's me. Yeah, um, you know that once you have more than four or five kids, like the parents quit. Like, don't the older siblings have to raise the younger ones? And they're running with scissors and playing with matches and eating cake for breakfast and all that. And they don't. So this is David. He is the least. He is the least. David went in his family from worst to first. In fact, David became the most famous king of Israel in all of history. In all of history. But David did not find his epic from his crown. He did not find his epic from an event or an external experience. David found his epic through an encounter with a person. With a person. That's where he found his epic. And I want to share with you... um, the lyrics of a song that David wrote in the Bible. Now, if you're not a Bible person, you're not a church person, a religious person, don't worry about it. I'm just reading you lyrics. 
They just happen to be in the Bible. It's from Psalm 16. And David writes, you make known to me the path of life. You make known to me epic life, deep, internal, transforming life. And he goes on. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. Would you say fullness of joy would be epic? I, I would, I would. And, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Pleasures forevermore. That's, that's really epic. Now, when David starts out and he says, you make known to me this path of epic life. Who's the you he's talking about? Who's the you? I can't hear you. God, okay, good, good. God, Jesus, that's good. Um, those of you who don't hang around church a lot, if any pastor ever asks you a question like that in church, just guess God. Just guess Jesus. Like you're going to be golden. I give you that tip for free. Okay, so he's saying that all these things that you lead me into, epic joy, epic life, epic blessing, even those things are not my source of epic. It's in knowing you, in your presence, at your right hand, being with you, encountering you, experiencing you in a way that, that, that transcends everything, that takes me through all the highs and lows, the peaks and the valleys, the good experiences and the bad experiences. I know epic because I know you, God. And it gets better because David foretold of a day when one who is far greater than him, a shepherd king above all shepherd kings, would come and offer this epic encounter with God to anyone. And by that, he means anyone of us, you, me, to encounter him if only we want to. And all that happened when the God-man Jesus put on skin and walked among us and came. And he offered us this epic encounter that leads not only to, not to an event or an external experience, but to an internal, everlasting, ever-expanding, ever-changing epic encounter with him. He said this in, in John 10, 10, I came so that you might have life and have it abundantly so that you might experience epic, real, deep life and have it in a way that you never imagined because of your encounter with me, your encounter with me. And he goes on, he goes on in verse 11 to say, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So, so why does Jesus have to lay down his life for you? Why does Jesus have to lay down his life for me? See, Jesus willingly and joyfully went to the cross, although he was completely innocent, and emptied his life there. He poured his life out there so that he could pour his life into anyone who says, I need you. I need an encounter with you. I need a God. I need a Savior. I need you. He would pour that into us and we could then be like David and say, you show me the path to epic. You are it. And at your, at your right hand, in encounter with you, is fullness of joy. Everything. Everything 
changes. Epic changes everything. And not only does it end, but it needs to change everything. Every day, every breath, every desire, every hope, every affection, every addiction, every relationship, every breath. The bottom line is epic is your life story when you encounter epic Jesus and let him write your life story. And this is spectacular. Spectacular. I want you to see just a preview of what Jesus has in mind for your life story. He told this, uh, and it's written down in the Gospel of John. He says, truly, truly, in case you missed it, I'm telling the truth. Listen in. Dial in. He says, I say to you, whoever... Not whoever is good enough. Not whoever is religious enough. Not whoever is obedient. Whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father. Are you dialing that in? We don't talk a lot about it that in church. Why? Because it's embarrassing. We get busted because our lives are lame in comparison to Jesus' life. But if we understand this, that Jesus, who changed the course of history, who commanded the wind and the waves and the seas to obey him, who overcame evil in every instance, who healed every disease, who forgave the unforgivable, who loved the unlovable, who resurrected the dead. And he's saying, this is just a sample of what I am ready, willing, and able to do in and through you. If you just trust me, if you just surrender to me, if you just believe in me, I'm not qualified. It didn't say anything about that. It did say anything about that. And I think the reason we don't talk a lot about that in church is because that doesn't look a whole lot like my life. Does it look like yours? No. But it could. It could, because he said truly, truly, I'm telling you the truth. And I'm going to the Father. You are hooked up. You have connections. Jesus now at the helm, at the command post of the universe is saying, you trust me. You believe in me. You have this epic encounter life with me. And I got you hooked up. I got you hooked up. You have connections. I'm going to make that happen for you. I am going to work through you. I am going to write the story of your epic life, if you will only let me. That's what's on. And you can't imagine what would be in that story. How do I know? Because uh, the scripture tells us in 1 Corinthians 2.9, But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart imagined, that is what God has prepared for those who love him. And, and bring it in. Just, just real quick. When you hear that. I hope that it does to you. What it does to me. What no eye has seen. What no ear has heard. What no mind has imagined. That is what God is ready to write. In your epic story. If you just love him. If you just. Re- Why would we choose. To trade that. For that which everybody has seen, everybody has heard, and everybody can imagine. Simply because you and I want to write our own story. Is it any wonder that we aren't writing or living an epic story? 
because we're willing to trade the unimaginable, the indescribable, for just a little bit more of what has never satisfied us in the past, for what has never led to epic, for virtually anybody we think, that we know. And John, John was probably Jesus' BFF when he was walking the earth. And he wrote this down. This is what it comes down to, having this encounter with Jesus. John wrote this, 1 John 5, 12, if you're taking down the address. Whoever has the Son, whoever has Jesus, has this epic life. And whoever does not have the Son of God, whoever does not have Jesus, does not have life. Does not have epic life. And right now, right now, it... Look, I know that there are a lot of you here who I'm not asking you to believe the whole Bible. I'm not asking you to jump in with both feet. You're just figuring out why this doesn't work for you, why this can't work for you. And I just want to talk about some of those, some of those things that might be in your head. Some of you, and I love you if you're thinking this. I love you if you don't, but some of you are thinking, look, Tom, I have epic failures in my past that disqualify me from an epic future. I'm not asking you to raise your hand. I'm not wanting to embarrass you, but I got to tell you, my friend, you are closer to an epic encounter with Jesus than maybe anybody else. Anybody else. Because you know that you, like me, like all of us, have epic failures in our past that don't allow us to enter an epic encounter with an epic holy God. And that is exactly whom Jesus came to rescue. Listen to me, you who feel that way. Jesus came for you. Jesus lived for you. Jesus died and sacrificed for you. Jesus rose for you to new life so he could pour that new epic life into you on the cross. I want you to know this. Every time you see a cross, every time you wear a cross, every time you think of the cross, I want you to know that on that cross, Jesus became every epic failure you have ever had, you are having, or will ever have. And he let that break him so that it wouldn't break you. If you will come and have this epic encounter, you do not have an epic failure past. You have better than a clean slate. What do you mean better than a clean slate? Because God doesn't stop there. He loves you too much. When he pours his epic life into you, he also pours his righteousness into you, the Bible tells us. Which means you now live with the history of walking with God the same way Jesus did. You're not only completely forgiven, you're completely filled. So my friend, if you feel like an epic failure past disqualifies you from an epic future, no way. Don't let that stop you. The people who are farthest from epic are a lot of the church folks who don't think they have epic failures in their life in the past and right now. Nothing to repent of. Nothing to be forgiven for. Those are the ones you need to be praying the hardest for. But you guys, come. Come. That's, that's the party he's throwing for you. That's the sacrifice he made for you. Some of you are thinking, I can find epic on my own. Oh, really? Oh, okay. The only evidence against finding epic on your own is like human history. Everybody you know and you and me. 
I mean, really? You're going to find this elusive epic on your own. I can't most of the time even find my cell phone, my car keys, and the glasses that are on my face. You ever done that? Yeah. Where are my sunglasses? Uh, on your head. But we're going to find epic. Hey, I want you to picture like life and the world is like a mall. For some of you, this is very easy, right? It's like paradise. No, I want you to picture like a mall directory. If you can zoom out and look into where you are and it have a big, um, a big blue star, right? It says, you are here. You are here. If you could picture that, there'd be a red dot right next to it. And it would say, Jesus is here. Right next to you. And because those two things are true, Epic is very near to you right now. And what you do with that is up to you. But don't go looking for it on your own when it is handed to you. It is on the table. Hey, um, some of you are thinking, I'm not into organized religion. Hey, that's why we're so disorganized, right? You can come to Beth and you can hang with us. No, but what I think you're probably saying is, uh, I'm not into this this rule-based uh, uh, religious kind of white knuckling your behavior and trying to earn God's favor and be better than everybody else. Hey, I would never recommend that. Never recommend that. If you're going to hang with us, we consider ourselves worse than you. Here's why. Because we know we need a savior. If you don't need one, you must be better than us, not worse. We know we're wrecked. We're a hot mess. But in Jesus Christ, we're his kids. We're his family. And he makes it all right. And he's turning us into his people. But what I think you mean by, I don't like organized religion. Nearly every person I met who says that is hiding behind that. Saying, um, just because I'm not into church and all the dysfunction and all the hypocrisy. And I won't argue with you. It's there. Um, But I haven't met a person who is not using that to say, I really don't want to get real with God. If that is you, if that is you, don't use that as an excuse. I'm not trying to make you into a church person or dress the way you don't dress or vote the way you don't vote or feel the way you don't feel. This is all about having an epic encounter with Jesus. What you do on Sunday mornings is your own business. Right? Don't let that stop you. If you're one of those people, um, I wrote a booklet. Um, this is not a plug for it. It's free. Um, you come take it. It's called I Hate Religion. And if you find yourself in all the dysfunction of religion keeping you from Jesus, pick one of those up. And if somebody tries to sell it to you and trade you for it, it's free. You just see me. Just take them. Maybe you're thinking everyone has a different view of awesome. They do. This just happens to be the one of the guy who says he created you for epic. He created you for epic. So where does this lead? One thing I know, one thing I know we're going to land the plane is that God has an epic plan for your life. He does. If you will just encounter Jesus and allow him to write the epic story for you. What I don't know is what you're going to do with that. What you're going to do with it. Some of you are tired. You're just exhausted going from event to event to external experience to external experience and you don't 
you know that leaves you empty. That's where I was. That's where I was. Um, there came a time in my life in high school where I had everything that I wanted and I sacrificed my health and my morals and all kinds of things to get it and I was empty. I had some friends that loved me enough to say, Tom, you are trying to take some things to fill a hole in you that God put that only God can fill. I didn't believe that at first. But then I I just couldn't sleep. I, I couldn't get away from it. And then one night I was with one of those friends in the woods and I kneeled down in the leaves and I said, God, I have been working my tail off to get all these things, to accomplish all these things, to earn all these things, to get this affection, to get this recognition. And I am empty. Come in. I believe. You take over my life. You write that story. You be my God. Forgive me. Change me. Fill me. And you know what happened? He did. He did. And 34 years later, I and a bunch of my friends are throwing pig roasts just to get people to know that he's real. And when he says this, he means it. And by no means am I there, but I'm closer than I was yesterday and not as close as I'm going to be tomorrow. Because this epic life is ever increasing. And some of you are ready. Not because of something I've said, but because God has spoken to your hearts and you're ready to say yes. Yes, Jesus, I am one who believes, who is tired of trying to find epic in events and external experiences. I want an encounter. I'm one of those anyones who has no reason other than you said it to come, and I'm going to come. Others of you have tried very hard to find epic um, in different ways, and, and you're tired too, but you're tired in a different way. You're tired because you chose Jesus once. It might have been where you used to live or where you used to go to school or even here. You used to walk with him. You used to find ultimate joy in him. And then maybe all at once or maybe more likely a little bit at a time, you just let that distance accumulate. But in his mercy, he's letting you feel that so that you can know to come back. And you know he's not into guilt, and you know he's not into shame, and you know he's not getting ready to put the beat down on you. Especially if you're running home. Today, that's your day. The last group, we got church people here who think this is for people who don't know Jesus. You don't think this is about you. Even though the way we describe Epic doesn't look a darn thing like your life or your faith. You're active in the church, You know what you believe, but you have no real affection for Jesus. You're trying to be religious without any heart fire for him. And that could be as lost as lost could be. This is your time to reconnect, to have that encounter. Whatever he's doing, let him do it. Say yes. Find epic. Let's pray. Lord, um, There are those here who have felt the emptiness of everything, everything, 
Good things, bad things, in-between things. Events and external experiences. Lord, and, and, and you spoke to their heart and you're providing an invitation to them to surrender. And some of them are there. And for the first time, um, if you want to say, um, yes, Jesus, I want that epic encounter with you. I'm not trying to embarrass you. Nobody's looking around. Just raise your hand so I can pray for you. If that's you, if that's you, you want to say yes. I want that epic encounter with Jesus Christ. I want to give my life to the one. I want to ask him to write my story. God bless you, sweetie. God bless you. Just ask him, Lord, come in. Lord, come in. I surrender my life to you. I believe. I ask you to forgive me. Wash me clean. Pour your epic life into me. Be my Lord. And write the epic story of my life for you in me. Others of you, um, this is your day to come back, to return to what you know. And others of you um, who've been hanging around in church and volunteering and doing all kinds of God stuff without a passionate affection for him, you can change that because you're here and he's here and that means the potential for that epic encounter is here. Lord, I ask you to bring that about in your beautiful name.